When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I thought this was something the CFL should have done years ago. I mean, the Saturdays, basically, Saturday afternoons are wide open in Canadian sports television. You've got your 1 o'clock game to 4 o'clock game, and then the Saturday night hockey rotation doesn't begin to 7 p.m. So for the 6 p.m. highlight show in the weekend, you've got the CFL to yourself. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, it is. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show's Hour 2. I got some exciting messages to pass along from our audience, which continues to grow here on Game Plus Television. As uh, we've said, WQEE Radio, believe it or not, we're on the radio in Georgia. Shout out Ryan O Radio. Love the photo that you posted of yourself. Uh, a younger you, if I may, today on Facebook and also Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube Live. Darren Moose DuPont joins us. He's in Vancouver. I'm in South Florida, as you can see, if you're watching on the visuals and if you're listening to us. I hope we sound resonant, full, and confident here in hour two. I hope you enjoyed the chat of hour one, Darren. There are a lot of CFL lovers that have checked in, and we will do that. This is the time of year. If you only follow the CFL one period of the year, this is it in the middle of the playoffs here right now. But I want to pass along this. Troy Brinston writing in on the Sober Carpenter text line. 902-518-3033 says, uh, love the show all the way in Newfoundland. Thank you, that? Troy. And would you mind, tell us, Troy, while, while we have you and while you have us, what would you like us to talk about? Because overall, that's a bit of a baited trap because we're going to talk about what we want to talk about. But we do want to serve the audience as much as we can live, coast to coast, like butter and toast on Game Plus television. Yeah. How do you like us so far? Doc is watching Darren. Doc Turner, he's in San Francisco, if you can believe. And he writes in and says, uh, Connor McDavid should not be the captain. He's too soft. Just like the coach. Woo! From Bomber Boy, Bomber Boy in Calgary writes in. He says, I'm hearing that the Oilers' big three have zero. He goes, hearing that the Oilers' big three have zero goals in the last six games tells me exactly who to blame for this terrible start. Yeah, but you can't fire the big three. You can fire the coach, and that's why we're talking about it here right now. Darren, sorry, I will bring you in shortly. I'm just I'm getting to what the audience is saying. 
Um, Ron in Calgary, who incidentally is a Flames fan, so he shouldn't even be allowed to talk about what's wrong with the orders, but I'll allow it this once. He says, here's what's wrong with the goaler, uh, orders. One, goaltenders. Two, defense. Three, coach. Four, front office. Said it for a while. How long before McDavid says enough? Now, again, you're a Flames fan, so A, your perspective is skewed. B, your team ain't that spit hot either. So before I turn to tonight, Darren, and the attention, what's on your mind? What would you like to get off your chest here? I feel like I owe that to you. Well, just, I'll just piggyback off of the last comment. Yeah, as a Flames fan, you're wanting it to blow up. You're wanting Connor McDavid <laughs> to say enough is enough and I want out of here. You want misery for Edmonton. So, yeah, we can't take the comments that seriously. And basically, he didn't say the forwards, but he basically said everything is wrong with them. He didn't point out one area. Well, just funny how what one win, just one win, like the Calgary Flames going into Seattle the other night and winning has everybody quiet in Calgary. Just one flipping yeah. win. That might be all that it takes for the orders, especially tonight when they go into Vancouver. And that reminds me, I'll throw out what the poll question is here. It's we do it daily for Key Auto Group. Driven by safety at Key Auto Group. Experience peace of mind with our comprehensive multi-point inspections. Visit keyautogroup.ca for automotive excellence. Uh, I do not have, I'm, I'm pulling up the Twitter. What do we have for a YouTube vote, Clark? Should Jay Woodcroft be fired? That's the question. 57% on Twitter saying no. Orders head coach Jay Woodcroft should not be fired. Um, it's, you're really better off, I hate to say this, but you're better off to just go click, turn off the television, turn off the radio. Just shut them all up. Because this morning, as I was, I said earlier, I was doing a 7.5 kilometer row this morning. And when I do it, I put on NHL radio on my satellite radio to listen to my friends there, particularly Scott Laughlin. And they were saying, if the orders lose tonight, Jay Woodcross probably fired. But you know what? What if he isn't? You know, <laughs> if, 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 if I thought, Darren, that the teams weren't listening to this, not just ours, but everybody's commentary, it wouldn't bother me so much. But they, 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 they're all listening, and they're all reading, and it affects them. And to be honest, I voted, yeah, fire Woodcroft, because that's the narrative. What did you vote last hour? I can't remember. What did you I say? I voted no. Okay, fine. Well... Jason Greger comes on and has convinced me that no, Jay Woodcroft should not be fired. Not, you know, not based on what happens tonight, but he shouldn't be fired overall. And this kind of literally worries me with the way we, where we are in sports. Tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Because, I mean, Daryl Cates aside, the owner of the Oilers, and Greger said that last hour, he's shown a history of having a very itchy trigger finger with gunning coaches. Calgary's, Calgary's probably worse. Yeah. So it just, it, you're sitting there having to plead your case. Maybe not necessarily Jay Woodcroft, but somebody in front of Daryl Cates on behalf of Jay Woodcroft. And I was thinking this with regards to office politics because I've been around at board game, boardroom games, right? It's, you know, I talked about that with the Rough Riders. The people running the Rough Riders right now, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, are very good at boardroom games. The problem is they're not very good at football games. That's why they're in the problems that they're in. But that's how they've kept their jobs. 
And I'm just sitting there going, it's exhausting to have to sit there and have to defend yourself and defend your position. And I've been in that position for years. And I kind of feel like that's where Woodcroft is. I don't know this, but I just feel like Cates doesn't know, or any owner, for the most part, doesn't really know enough about the sport to make that call on their own. So somebody is in there, fire him. No, keep him. No, fire him. No, keep him. I see it all the time. Do you think that's going on in Edmonton or not? I don't know, but I think the conversations have to be happening on a daily basis. What do we do? Like, this is supposed to be a Stanley Cup year. How long do we let this go before we make a move? Yeah. You know, we don't want to panic and make a move too early. We've got to trust the people that we've put in place. But we can't let this year go by and miss the playoffs and not be a Stanley Cup contender because these windows are so small. Um, and we don't know what, what next year looks like. So do we make a move for a different goaltender? What is the defense doing? I think they're having a lot of those questions and, and kind of going around in circles probably. And it's an uncomfortable position to be in. But they can't let this season go by because you don't have that many opportunities to win Stanley Cups before you have to start again. And McDavid's great, and he's not going to retire anytime soon, but he's not going to play forever either. So you've got to take well, advantage when the window's open. It will be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm not willing today to sit and talk about the future of McDavid. You didn't bring it up, but somebody did last hour, one of the audience, and uh, Serena. I, sh you know, I shouldn't speak for her because she can speak for herself, but she doesn't respect the guys that chase a Stanley Cup at the end of their career, whether they get it or they don't, whether it's a Ray Bork or a Jerome McGinley or these kinds of guys, you know. Um, Fred McDavid would be that guy because this came into, if he left or if he asked to leave, because they've had some good runs. They've been to the conference final, round two last year. I'll say this without... Any judgment of anybody at all, <laughs> but I've been around a long time and I can, I've seen this. Saying that you want to go down with the ship is a very admirable statement. It also changes once the ship starts to go down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of guys are very it's quick looking for a life raft when, it's, when the water starts to come on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very, Very to say, I'll go down with the ship. I'm a leader. And then when you, your toes touch the water, you're like, I, I'm not going down anymore. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, so I don't, <laughs> I still live in the uh, do what's best for you vernacular and society. That's after years and years and years of not. Realizing all this talk about teamwork and win one for the guy next to you in a lot of ways is a bunch of bunk. Depends on whether you want to win or not, which is another thing. I didn't really expect to sit and spend the whole show on the orders today, but I'm okay with it. Let me ask you this. It was a real God shot that the NHL network on Saturday carried Hockey Night in Canada. So we sat there, and I thought, how nice of a life is this? Serena and I on the two-seater couch having popcorn and watching Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday night. And it was 30 degrees Celsius outside. But they talked about McDavid. And they showed a clip of him. At the end of the game, the 5-2 loss to Nashville. Seething on the bench. Did you see that clip? Or oh, You probably didn't because you were running around all over Vancouver going to three games. Right. You did see it? And it's like, yeah, how many times have I told you, Darren? Do not assume what somebody else is thinking. Don't. Because they're saying, look how angry Connor McDavid is. 
And frankly, if I could, he could be mad at himself for not scoring enough. He could be mad at his teammates for not putting in the effort. He could be mad at the coach for the for the line matchups. He could be. It's 111 Eastern, by the way. 111 Eastern, 1111 Mountain as we hand out life tips. And that is don't ever assume what somebody else is thinking. None of those panelists on Hockey Night in Canada said that. They're all saying what they thought he said, was thinking. And I'm like, who, who knows? Yeah. What do you think it meant that he sat there just alone, seething after the game Saturday? I mean, yeah, most likely it's, you know, a sign of frustration sitting there and just needing to decompress and just want to sit and think and, and kind of, you know, just let whatever feelings come into you. You know, we've, I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. You just want to sit and just absorb whatever comes into your mind and be frustrated and just like take a moment. That's kind of what it looked like. But again, I'm with you. I don't want to assume what he's <laughs> thinking. Um, there's, a, there's a million things he could be upset about, but pretty obvious at the end of the game, you, you, you've lost again and you're kind of sitting there wondering, you know, geez, this isn't a lot of fun. And what do we got to do to get out of this? And um, we got to find a way. And he's also the leader of that team. And, you know, I'm sure he's probably feeling a little bit of that responsibility to, you know, to lead this team and, and figure out how to get them, uh, get them moving. Leaves home to Tampa Bay tonight, by the way. I haven't forgot about that. Um, but yeah, for those that say McDavid is soft or he shouldn't be the captain, uh, just it's, it's, it's getting silly. It's getting silly. Brian in Hudson Bay, Sask writes in. He, uh, that's the Moose capital. Have you ever been to Hudson Bay, Moose? Um, I have once when I was a kid. For hockey. It's cool. It's, it's the Hudson Bay. Yeah. It's the moose capital. Um, Brian in Hudson Bay writes in regarding that Saskatchewan Rough Riders coaching search. He says, good day. Guys, I am not a Scott Milanovich fan. Never have been. Hope the riders go a different way. But what do I know? I can't believe they'd ever put Bo Levi in at the half. Matthew Schultz was doing nothing. I said uh, that we covered a lot of CFL last hour in that second segment of the show. So I don't want to go over it here. I'm just passing along his comment. I'm not interested in talking about the Rough Riders head coaching search because what I'm finding is there's not a whole lot of interest in it outside of Saskatchewan, quite frankly. And the football people, they're very big into it. But, uh, yeah, there's going to dilly-dally on for a long time before they hire somebody, and I, I don't No, Not interested in getting into that. Not right now. Um, and we, we gave our thoughts on what went on in the Eastern semifinal. I know there are people that want our thoughts on the Stampeders and the Lions in the Western semifinal, and I'll get to that in a second, but I want your take on the Leafs and the Lightning tonight, the lack of pushback by the Leafs the other night against... The, you weren't on the air Friday when uh, the Leafs went into Boston, lost in the shootout, and Lilligren's hurt because of Brad Marchant, and there was no pushback from the Leafs bench. Do you have a take on that? That's been a little bit of the issue in Toronto for the last little while, and it's been not just pushback physically and standing up for your guy, but sometimes when it goes the wrong way, there's just not a lot of, yeah, pushback. There's not a lot of ability to, to flip the script and get back in control. And one thing they haven't done and they just need, like, need to find a way is dictating the way the game's going to be played. I feel like too often the starts, they've let the opposition dictate the, ways, the, the way the game's going to be played. And the better teams in the National Hockey League always dictate how the game's going to go. Vegas always dictates the pace of the game and how the game's going to go. They'll start. The other team needs to react. 
and you get into a game, right? Toronto's not doing that. That's a problem. For now. You know, you'd yeah, like to think now. that they'll come together. I don't know whether they will or not, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, I, I'm really looking at this from a 35,000-seat perspective, not a feet perspective, not a better one, but just a large view in terms of outside. Have we not all dealt with young people? Quite frankly, uh, teens and people in their 20s. For instance, uh, Jen from the Four Seasons writes in and she says, I'm watching on Game Plus today. I love the Jason Greger interview. I agree 100%, but I still think Nurse has to go. Uh, fair, I'm just passing it along. I'll try to get to as many comments as I will. There's a lot of people from Winnipeg tuning in today. The Jets are at uh, St. Louis tomorrow. Jets, everything's pretty decent with them. They're in a playoff spot. They got nothing to bitch about today. The Bombers are home in the West Final. Frankly, Winnipeg doesn't know what to do with themselves because there's nothing to bitch about. That's how they're very similar to Saskatchewan people. You know what I mean? But you just went through a bunch of teams. Did you get your hair cut, by the way, or are you using extra gel today? Maybe I got a little extra product in here. I got a cut before I... Okay. Uh, about a week and a half ago, yeah. Okay. Um... Just with some of these teams, and we got a break, I understand that, but again, who's masquerading here just past Halloween? They're, who's wearing a costume? Is it Vancouver? It could very well be Vancouver on the one end. Is it Edmonton on the other? Is it Calgary on the other? As I said, just one win, and all those fans got off Ryan Huska's ass over there in Calgary. Um, the Leafs, I watched them live here in Sunrise, and I'm like... Almost half this roster is new. It's going to take him a while. It is going to take them a while. And yeah, Domi's not living up to what he was asked to do, nor is Bertuzzi, nor is Ryan Reeves. But they got some uh, coming together to do. We're just past 10 games for the love of God. And everybody's making their statements, you know, and then just with the young people. And, and we will go to break here right away. But as, as I said, I don't want to coach, and God bless those that do. I was talking to a career coach this morning on the phone. He's glad he's not coaching anymore. <laughs> it's like, and I don't know what would happen in your house, but it's like, I know what would have happened when I was a teen. Rod, it's your job to not take out the garbage. Yep. Well, you didn't take out the garbage. Yep. Take out the effing garbage! I don't get, hello, is anybody home in there? I don't understand. And that's why I can't coach, because I don't get what it takes. What language do you need to do your job? Maybe you can think about that in the break, Darren, and let me know, because I don't. I do not. Well. we'll be right back on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Okay, guys, RP here, and I'm proud to be teaming up again with Manscaped this fall, the worldwide leader in below-the-waist grooming. Look, sponsors want people pushing their products who actually use them, and I'm that guy. I've been using the lawnmower for years. Not just your typical clipper. Its contoured design and no clunky cords eliminate all the hassle when you're doing your own manscaping in the bathroom. And please tell me you do that. But then for guys my age, you're going to want to add the Weed Whacker 2.0 to your shed. It's for ears, nose, and anywhere else that hair grows where you don't want it. Let's face it, we don't want to admit it. But it's a fact. Just one hair out of place, in the wrong place can be the end of it. So here's what you do. Go to manscaped.com right now and use the promo code Show. All one word. It's live right now. If you tried to buy these products separately, you'd be paying hundreds of dollars, but you'll pay a fraction with the promo code Show and get them all in one package. The promo code Show gets you 20% off your order and free shipping. Care about yourself for God's sakes. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Show. You can thank me later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game day here in South Florida. The Florida Panthers back home after a roadie. The Columbus Blue Jackets are in town. By the way, Wednesday, the Panthers are at uh, Washington. That's a doubleheader on TNT. Alan May is going to be joining us from the Capitals television broadcast next segment to talk about that. John Ohm. Ohm says, wow, Rod's garbage rant was on fire. LMAO. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on from it. See, mm, I'm good. I let things go very fast. Uh, sports fans can't do that. Let's bring the moose in. I don't know if you spent any time on the four-minute break on, do you have an answer for that on dealing with young people that just <laughs> flat out refuse to do what they're asked or just carry out their simple tasks? That's the coach's job uh, to communicate, and it's got more complicated... Um, I think than ever, <clears throat> I think there's less of, obviously, 
tell them what to do and they'll do it. I think more than ever, a coach's job is learning how to communicate to each individual person and everybody needs to be communicated to differently and needs different strings pulled. So that's a wrinkle and something that's far more difficult for coaches now than maybe, uh, you know, 40 years ago. And we might be finding that a shelf life for a coach is only two years or slightly less than in the case of Jay Woodcroft. I don't know, but that's what I put in my commentary last week yeah. is you'll never hear me saying, unlike the rest of the media and fans, the coach needs to do this. He needs to sit that. He needs to play this person. You never hear me saying that because, A, I've never done it at a high level, and, B, what the hell do I know? And I'm pretty much ready to uh, move on. Like in the, I am a coach, but in the recovery world, I tell a young person, if you keep doing this, you will die. Do you want to die? You should see their face, Darren. It's, and they do it. I know. But that's different than dealing with Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Far different. Um, yeah. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, why is everyone so negative on everything? I hope people are wrong about the Canucks and they continue to thrive. People are so negative, Wayne, because they're not happy. By and large, people are not happy. Boom. Patrolman Pete has shown up, has entered the chat. Hello, Patrolman Pete from Winnipeg. He, just, he writes in and says, everything is awesome in Winnipeg. Nothing to complain about except Ron Robison and his goons taking away our beloved WHL team. It's interesting that he says that. The, the uh, Winnipeg Ice are now in Wenatchee. And um, I saw somebody say that the ice left town and nobody even noticed. That's one. Number two, we've told you, Patrolman Pete, I know this for a fact, multiple times, the owners of the ice were given a list of conditions they needed to meet with regards to buying that team and moving it from Cranbrook. They didn't meet them. They missed deadlines. Therefore, we're taking your team. You need to stop blaming Ron Robison and the owners. Blame the owners of the Winnipeg Ice, but for whatever reason, you don't want to hear it. So unfortunately, this is what we do. We need to move on. You can come with or stay, but if you refuse to listen to the truth, that's on you. Monday Night Football, the New York Jets will be looking for their fifth win in eight games when they host the 3-4 and four Los Angeles Chargers in tonight's lone NFL game on Monday Night Football. Sometimes there's two. Sunday, the Eagles improved to 8-1 with an exciting 28-23 win over the Dallas Cowboys, while the Kansas City Chiefs improved to 7-2 with a 21-14 win over the Miami Dolphins in Germany. See how we're getting back on track. We went right for the jugular at the start of today's show, and that's Woodcroft <laughs> and the orders of Vancouver. We did not get into the leftovers from week nine in the NFL, and I'll very briefly give mine. Like, I don't know how the Falcons lose to a quarterback in Minnesota that had only been there two days. And when I opened up the uh, phone text line, Sober Carpenter text line, there were texts on there. With that, saying from Vikings fans, saying, how does this guy come in and in two days learn a playbook and win? Well, Baker Mayfield did it last year with the L.A. Rams. To me, that was the story. Josh Dobbs, two days after being acquired in a trade from Arizona, comes off the bench because he's not even starting and leads the Vikings to a win. I think they're fifth, fourth for sure, maybe they're fifth in a row at Atlanta. 
the Dolphins lost in Germany. They, you know, I turned it on at halftime after going, coming home from sport fishing. Yes, that's a thing. Rod's a sport fisherman now. And as 21 nothing Chiefs at halftime, I'm like, well, this is over. This sucks. Which, by the way, the Dolphins went out way early. They went out on Tuesday to Germany. The Chiefs didn't even get there till Friday. And they kicked their ass. It's another excuse about the travel and the all, you know. And the Cowboys don't even get me started. Everybody's saying they should have won the game. Yeah, should have, would have, could have. I should have been a... <laughs> I should have been a jockey. You know, like, who cares? They didn't win. I'm not a jockey. What uh, was your takeaway from week nine? Josh, Josh Dobbs is interesting. It tells me that, obviously, he's got a lot of skill and natural talent and ability. But sometimes you just need to not think and go play football. And when you have no time to get into the playbook and meet your teammates, that's what you do. And it works, right? Like, here's the analogy. You give me a crumpled up piece of paper and I just, whoop, in the garbage can, make it every time because I have coordination and some natural skill and I'm not thinking. But if you said, hey, Darren, 20 bucks if you make it in that garbage can. And I sit here and I've got the paper and I'm lining it up. I got a better chance of putting it in the kitchen sink than the garbage, right? Because you get in your head a little bit. Josh Dobbs didn't even know some of his teammates' names. So he didn't have time to think what guys are doing. He's got the coach in his headset telling him, okay, here's the play. And this guy's going to do that. And that guy's going to do this. And he just went, whoop, threw it, whoop, threw it. You know, without thinking, he just played ball and look at the results. (sighs) Um, It was fun to watch. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says no shame in the Cowboys losing a close one in Philly. No, what, what there is shame in, though, is that the Cowboys are like the Dolphins or the schoolyard bully. They pick on the lesser than and get their ass kicked by the better teams. Or they can't beat the better teams, I guess. They got killed in San Francisco, and they couldn't win in Philadelphia. So, yeah, but hey, uh, it's, I'm used to it as a Cowboys fan. Nelson, <laughs> Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, at the end of the day, football is football, right? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what you mean by that, but I'll go with it. Patrolman Pete, who I love and I think he likes me too, he goes, I don't mean to dwell on the negative, Rod. I was just pointing out the one thing that isn't going perfectly in Winnipeg. Ah, so. Uh, from the Barflies in Winnipeg, he says, did you bait your own hook? No, I did not. And I'm interested. I didn't think anybody, I didn't think anybody would care about this. And again, to your buddy Don, the advertising guy from here in South Florida, Darren, that wondered what made this show different than every other one. Every other one is talking about what happened on the weekend in sports. Nobody's talking about me going sport fishing with Chris from the Bronx. And no, I did not bait my own hook. And should I be embarrassed by that? Because it reminded me of a couple. I just think the next time I go, and I told Serena this, I'm going to wear rubber gloves. And I don't care. Because look, I nicked myself. I got hurt. And it reminds me of uh, just with what I was doing, man. I'm pulling these largemouth bass out of the intracoastal, and uh, it reminded me of my dad. (laughs) We were standing looking over the engine of the grain truck. Hood was flipped up, and he's like, I'm going to teach you today how to change the oil on this thing. 
and I'm standing there in crisp Wranglers that I just bought on the weekend from Claypool's and a nice plaid cowboy shirt. So we're standing on the bumper of this big, massive grain truck, and he's right. He's like, I'm going to show you how to do this. And uh, he's like, you got to put your hands in through here. And I was like, and he turned and he, he yelled at me, Darren. <laughs> my parents yelled at me a lot. And my dad was like, you might have to get your hands dirty, Rod. And I'm like, but I don't want to. Ew. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I'm looking at these fish. The bait that he bought were actually little fish. They were alive. Chris from the Bronx. Well, so he's digging in this pole and he, in, a bu- in, a, in a bucket, sorry, and he's hooking it. And then he gives me the rod. So no, I didn't bait my own hook. It was disgusting. And then he catches this big peacock bass. And he's like, you put, for the photo that you saw, he's like, put your thumb right here. And I put it in the wrong spot. He's like, no, here. Because he talks with that Bronx accent, that New York accent, yeah. right? And I'm like, ew. He goes, it's not going to bite you. And I'm realizing that my dad was never mad at me, just like Chris from the Bronx was never mad at me. But I'm just not a natural at this stuff. You were going to say something. I'm sorry. What? No, I was, I was just going to say that. I'm like, but you had your fingers in there under the gills to hold up the fish for the photo, right? So clearly you got your hands dirty for that. And I can imagine, and wow. you just said how kind of hard it is to do it. Yeah, and he says to me, uh, it's not going to bite you. Wasn't 30 seconds later, he's sitting there and he's like, ah, it bit me. <laughs> okay, well, you're lying to me now. Right? <laughs> right? And, uh, I know. where also, is it? If I can, baiting yeah, your own what? hook what? sounds like he's trying to get you. When somebody says, Did you bait your own hook? It sounds like some sort of inside joke or innuendo, you know? And I'm just like, not sure what he's trying to get at, but I know it's uh, actually baiting your hook. Jeff the Stamps fan says, Rod, we love you, but come on. You got to bait your own hook. I will next time when I got gloves on. As I said, I got cut as it was. Jason and Redner says, just like in sports, big fish eat little fish, Rod. Yeah, I guess. John Ohm says, where are those glass-cutting gloves? Jeff Fairholm may have an extra pair, Rod. So, see, this got everybody perked up. I will bait my own hook when I have rubber gloves. That's all I ask, okay? I didn't realize this was going to be a thing. I think you're done for the day, Moose. Thank you for playing along. I wonder if Alan May has done any fishing. Have a good rest of the day. I don't know. Is Alan, is he logged in, Clark? Ah, of course he is. He's smiling like a butcher's dog. See you, Moose. See ya. I was going to do... The sports update here, but I'll do it in the last segment in overtime because Alan May is in next from Washington Capitals Television. An Edmonton guy and former Oiler. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Guys, Manscaped has done it again. This fall, the worldwide leader in men's below-the-waist grooming has come out with the Handyman Facial Razor. Like all their products, it's innovative and unique. 
It's compact and sleek, which makes it easy to fit into your shaving kit for road trips. Plus, it charges via USB. What will they think of next? And right now, with the promo code VRPSHOW, you get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's promo code VRPSHOW. Make life easier and drive the ladies wild. Get to manscaped.com today. RP Show continues live from South Florida. Panthers home tonight to Columbus. Panthers at Washington Wednesday. We're going to talk about that and other things with our next guest. Alan May joins us from Washington Capitals TV broadcast. If you ever heard, we're all created equal. Never met this guy, Alan May. Sun shines on him most days, I think. 393 NHL games, TV star. How you doing, Al? What's new? I'm doing great. I'm just happy to get back into the rhythm. Another hockey season, first month behind us, and hockey every night. It's, uh, it makes for a long off season last year. I didn't work a game from April 13th to October 13th, and now when I'm not working games, I'm watching games, so I'm happy. Good. Me too. And i got to ask you this. What are the craziest generalizations that you're seeing and forget about the fans and social media. We hear from them. But the media, I feel, have kind of got Jay Woodcroft <laughs> fired in Edmonton or on his way out. Um, they've anointed people as coach of the year. Rick Tockett or Cronin there in Anaheim. Uh, what's the wildest takeaways, the first 11, 12 games you've seen? Well, I, I think the biggest thing with the media is, is they just jump on the bandwagon. They don't remember this two months later when they start eviscerating teams and at the start of the season, one of the things that George McPhee used to do with the Washington Capitals, how we would plan their schedule, is he didn't want to play any of the last place teams from last year because they always start out the season. They don't know how bad they are. And, you know, if you go into a place and a team that hasn't been in the playoffs for a few years and, you know, the players come out and, you know, they play, they play pretty well the first month and they surprise a lot of people with how they come out of the gate. Philadelphia, for example, Anaheim, for example. And you kind of want to get them when they come back to earth, if it happens. So, you know, the craziest thing right now, did I expect uh, Vancouver to be, be this good? You look at the roster, you have to think it's possible. And they needed structure and defensive structure. And, and I always get a, a kick out of the goalies. Goalies get blamed for everything. But I always blame it on coaching and who your defensive group is and, and what, you know, what type of system are you playing? How good are your defensemen? And if you have a ragtag group of defensemen, your goaltenders are never going to look good because there's going to be seam passes, shots, you know, the one-timer shots, the backdoor plays. That doesn't happen when you have good coaching and good defensemen. And it doesn't matter who the goaltenders are in Edmonton right now. Uh, and in Vancouver, everyone's saying Thatcher Demko is the best goalie in the league. Well, they've got a way, 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 way better structure than they've had. And there's defensive accountability. There's, And that's not just on the defensemen. That's on the forwards. So I think Rick Tockett's done a great job of bringing structure to that team. And it's certainly helped the goaltenders in Edmonton. I can't say the same for Jay Woodcroft. I don't care what the media says. I don't like what I'm seeing right now. Okay, well, you're now the second NHL guy that I've heard from in the last couple of days that say he's got to go. So what are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing just way too many passes inside, you know, player to player, lateral passes, not D to D inside the Oilers zone. But from below the goal line through coverage, uh, on the half wall through coverage, there's a ton of one-timer goals. There's a ton of, uh, you know, even redirections that are finding their way through the seam. So 
you know, everyone's making a big deal, and, and every hockey guy or hockey radio guy now is talking about, you know, this the systems that they're using. Well, you have to – I look at Edmonton. They continue to play the exact same defense pairs every night. They're playing the same defensive strategy. They're beating their head against the wall. Uh, the team does have shortcomings on defense as to who their players are. I look at Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci as one of the worst pairs in the National Hockey League when I watch them play defensively. They, they look really easy to play against in the defensive zone, and the coaching staff continues to put the pairings out the way they do. They haven't changed anything in the D zone. So to me, it, it's a really bad team when they don't have the puck, and I, I don't think you can blame the goaltenders there because I don't think Patrick Waugh and Mark Dambrodeer would make a difference right now. I wonder what your measurables are on that because people talk about goals against and of course, I look at everything from a goalie perspective, and I'm like, what are the shots against? And these guys here in, with the Panthers have shown me the NHL.com uh, analytics. It goes even deeper than shots against, right? Are there any analytics that you look at that support what you're saying, or you do you need to see those analytics? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, I, I, coaches are have had an, their own analytics forever. And when you have that many passes yeah. going for your spot, you're not playing good defense. I don't know of anyone that tracks all of that because I know expected goals doesn't win you a hockey game. Uh, Corsi doesn't win you a hockey game. Fenwick doesn't win you a hockey game. How many times you pass the puck directly out of your zone doesn't win you a hockey game. I think it's how tough you are in front of your net. Uh, the New York Islanders are doing very good this season. They're playing very well and because they've got a team structure, the way they protect their goaltenders. So, and I think you could take the Edmonton goalies and put them in the Long Island net, and they would look really good because there's structure there. And then you look at how some teams create their offense. It's grit in front of the net, and it's down low. It's not shots from the outside. And I think when you're not playing very well, you're shooting the puck from the outside. When you're, when you're scoring and playing well and, and getting goals and bunches, you're at the net. You've got layers of players that are winning the race. They're not allowing themselves to get boxed out. And you look at the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the Capitals played them tough a couple weeks ago, or they played the Capitals tough. But in the third period of that game, the Capitals realized they were perimeter shooting. They didn't have enough hustle in front of the net. And then they took over the game by getting everything in front, players racing to the crease, battling harder, finding the rebounds, and being there first. And to me, that's the biggest thing. And it's a style of play in front of both nets that wins you hockey games. And within a team, they're tracking those things. There's, there's no pencil, pencil neck geeks out there that are tracking this on their analytics, where the shots are coming from and how many layers of players are they shooting through. Yeah, well, now we're getting somewhere because with the Tampa Bay Lightning and they just won in Ottawa 6-4, fans are booing the Sens. The Lightning had two goalies that I couldn't have named if you put a gun to my head. But they're winning games because of the way they're playing out front of the net and the 190 feet the rest of the rink right and i just that's the thing that i just don't it drives me nuts that people don't see what's also interesting al i was just looking up the capitals are five four and one that is the identical record of the florida panthers you guys are fifth in the metro the panthers are seventh in the atlantic i guess we're going to find out find out on wednesday who's the better team huh well, it's going to be who plays their style and the game that they want to play. Both players and some players not in the lineup. And it's going to be who, who way. The Capitals are a work in progress. The Panthers are a work in progress. 
you know, as gritty as the Panthers played last year, I think. Oh, we lost him. Hey, we got him back. No. Okay, sorry, Al. Last yeah. I heard, you were breaking up as the Panthers are a gritty team. Dot dot dot. Continue if you can. Yeah, well, I don't think they could play the way they played in the playoffs last year all season long. They wouldn't have any players left. It was so courageous. It was physical, blocking shots. They every single night. So you kind of got to tone it down and play a speed game, but you still have a game in the middle of the ice. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Their offense is in the middle of the ice. They can zing it side to side in the neutral zone, but when it comes to scoring goals, it's in the middle of the ice. Why do they win a couple Stanley Cups in a row? They made it so you couldn't get to the middle of their ice. And I think with the Capitals, that's what they have to get back to is playing in the middle of the ice to start scoring goals because they're one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League at producing offense, and they're getting better in their D zone. They've got three on the left side, on the right side, now one of them, they've got to be better in their own. I look at the Pink of Las Cudas, uh, they're without Ekblad. Those are two really important, especially right-handed defensemen. So they've got to kind of contain it in their own zone and protect their goaltenders as well. Because I, I don't care how good your goaltending is, if you're allowing sauces and too many slot shots, you're not going to win games. So we will see who the better team of these two teams is on Wednesday. And, you know, they, they both have – I would give the edge right now to the Panthers and the quality of the players in their lineup up front on all four lines. The Capitals still have a ways to go. And better production on a bunch of their older players and their bottom six, that's for sure. Well, I look forward to that one. Uh, but tonight, for sure, the Panthers home to Columbus. Al, it's always great seeing you. Enjoy talking hockey with you. Uh, enjoy it, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, Rod. Capitals analyst Alan May, who is also an SJHL, WHL alum as well. He's just the best. And let's throw in the American Hockey League and IHL too. He's one of those guys. Overtime is next. We've got a sports update. And whatever you want to talk about, man, that's when we save it for overtime audience takeover. You want to talk about these CFL semifinals from this past weekend, the upcoming division finals, uh, NHL games tonight, whatever you want. Fire them, your comments and questions, my way. 902-518-3033. That's the Sober Carpenter text line. Sober Carpenter, ask for them by name at your local beer, wine, and spirit store. We'll be right back on Game Plus Television. WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Okay, this is going to be fantastic. I just know it. The overtime segment brought to you by Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgary. Randy and Michelle over there, if you haven't checked them out, go do it this week. They are at 28th Street Northeast. Overtime Hockey Lanes, just a slap shot away from the old Crossroads Flea Market. It's where skill and fun collide. An amusement park for hockey enthusiasts. Yes, I could spend all day there. And uh, next time we return to Calgary, I probably will. Overtime Hockey Lanes, thanks for the continued support from them and us to them.
interesting comments regarding going fishing on the weekend. I won't regale you with any more of that, but Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, writes in and says, this has been The Great Outdoors with Rod Peterson on Game Plus Television. How about that? I would do that. How about that? My guy Chris from the Bronx. My guy Chris from the Bronx that took me fishing. Uh, we were talking about these TV shows, the sports shows. He's like, "Oh, I love the fishing shows. Well, maybe we should do one ourselves." What the hell? John Ohm. Ohm. No idea why this came up, but he said basketball is the highest-paid sport in the world, with the average annual salary in the NBA being nearly 10.5 million. Now you know. Thank you, John. And I see everybody writing in and saying, oh, interesting stat. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, well, they have the fewest players on a roster at 12. I've looked into these things. Baseball's 25. Hockey's around 25. What's football? 53 plus a practice roster. Football has more players. That's why it was so difficult. Far more players than any other sport. Why the CFL, unfortunately, had to cancel their season in 2020 because of COVID, because the cost of putting it on, one game a week, no revenue, other than TV money, the cost was astronomical. That was one of the reasons they had to pull the plug on that season, which is terrible. And to be honest, I think they're still feeling the effects of that. I really do. In terms of fan interest, that really allowed a lot of leagues to spring ahead. That's not to say that, obviously, that I'm not following it. I mean, I spent all day Saturday watching it. Um, but we need more. Uh, Wayne from Victoria, B.C. says, great analysis from Alan May. Too bad he's breaking up. I know, right? That happens from time to time. Isn't that always the way? And Wayne also says on the Sober Carpenter text line, 902-518-33. He says, hey, Rod, I just wanted to let you know that I've learned a lot about hockey from many of your guests. I'm mostly a football guy, but enjoy the hockey talk as well. The eyes have it. We're on national television in Canada. That's why we spend more time on hockey. Uh, to be honest, it would be ridiculous of me not to when it's my mother tongue, it's what I know the most and have the most relationships in. And I'm quite excited because as soon as I get off the phone today, I got word from the producer of the Cats and Bolts podcast that we have a Hockey Hall of Famer is going to be in an upcoming episode. I, listen, you have no idea. Sweeney and I do that Cats and Bolts podcast, and that's why I'm not forcing Panthers talk down your throat, lightning talk down your throat, because we're doing it here on a show here, and it's going great. And you can follow it on podcast platforms. And uh, our guest list is growing. Patrick Waugh lives here. Doug McLean lives here. This Hall of Famer lives here. Going to be with us in studio. It's exciting. Skip Brad Gushu of St. John's turned in a brilliant performance Saturday and struck gold at the Pan Continental Curling Championship in Kelowna, B.C. by rocking Jong Duke Park of South Korea, 8-3 in nine ends. Japan claimed the bronze with a 9-6 win over the U.S. on Friday. More than 30,000 soccer fans filled B.C. Play Stadium to watch the defending MLS Cup champion Los Angeles FC eliminate the Vancouver Whitecaps from the postseason picture with a 1-0 victory. L.A. swept the first round, best of three, having won the first game 5-2 in California. The sports update is brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. In Landmark Cinemas, November 17th, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. 
starring Rachel Zegler and Tom Blythe. And for Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience, visit commoncrown.ca, where they know the best beer is the one that's earned. I feel a social media clip coming on from Jason Greger about Jay Woodcroft potentially coaching his last game for the Orders tonight. Oh, my God, my God, my God. I'm telling you, it's one thing for the fans and all of us to talk about, should he be fired, should he not? It's when it permeates the rink and the inner walls of the ownership, that's when it becomes a big problem. Uh, Jen at the Four Seasons says, soccer, I think, is the most. Um, North America, right? John Ohm, you're talking North America, because I can tell you soccer sure ain't the highest paid sport in North America. Hmm. Jeff, the Stamps fan chiming in. This is where, where I was hoping with the CFL talk in the 90 seconds we have left. He says the Stampeders need to do thing, uh, two things. Streamline the offensive coordinator duties and find a really good offensive tackle. I guess that ain't Derek Dennis, huh? It's the interest what happened there with Mark Mueller and the offensive play calling really got swept under the market. And that's where, under the rug, and Calgary can be very thankful that it's not Saskatchewan because of what had happened within the Calgary offense had happened in Saskatchewan. Still be talking about it. Nobody even knew till it snuck out last week. And I will say on Friday, I heard that it's down to, this is just from a football guy, a scout actually for another team in the CFL said he heard it's between Paul Lapolis and Scott Milanovic to be the next head coach of the Riders. But that was before Kahari Jones became available. You're hearing all kinds of names. It's the only job that's open, and I think you're going to hear all kinds of speculation over the next several weeks. And I'm uh, happy to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it in overtime when people text in. Going to be a big one tomorrow. We'll see you at noon Eastern, Game Plus and Key Radio. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.